Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to start breaking down Hebrews chapter 1. Uh, I've read Hebrews several times, but I've never really broken down the book of Hebrews. So uh, I'm, I'm very interested in doing this with you because uh, I, I love the Old Testament. I always said that I was going to get a master's in the Old Testament, but I never did. But I, I, just, I love the Old Testament. Uh, I, I don't understand why people think that the Old Testament is irrelevant. Uh, it, there's a lot of history uh, the, uh, for the, the Jewish people, and, and, and it's, it tells the story of how the Messiah came to be. When you go and read uh, the genealogies of Jesus in the New Testament, um, I think it's in Matthew and, and Luke, um, you, you can go back into the Old Testament and, and see how God uh, just worked his plan through these people. And, and bringing the Messiah on this earth and, and dying on the cross for our sins. So I, I love the Old Testament, and, and, and the, the Old Testament is relative today. And there's so many great lessons uh, that we can learn uh, in the Old Testament. And that's what Paul even said, that, uh, that the Old Testament is a schoolmaster. It's, it's a tutor uh, for us to learn. And so the book of Hebrews uses... A lot of the Old Testament concepts, and we'll we'll be getting into that as we get on into the book. But today, uh, I want to break down the first four verses. It says, Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, you hear people say all the time, it's the end of times. It's the, it's the, the last days. Well, they were saying that right after Jesus uh, ascended back to heaven in uh, Acts chapter 1 or at the end of, of the book of Luke. And in, here, here we see right here the author of Hebrews. Uh, he says, Now in these final days he has spoken to us through his Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son he created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their name. So when we read the Old Testament, we, we, we see God speaking many different ways uh, to people. Uh, for instance, he spoke directly to people. Um, when he was uh, uh, calling Abraham out of Ur and, and, and in, in that pagan land and telling him to go to a, 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 a place uh, that he would, you know, he was going to direct him to, he didn't tell him where to go. He just said, "I'll let you know when, you know, when you get there." Um, then we have uh, the example of the burning bush uh, when God called Moses when he was out there in the desert uh, with his, uh, I believe, he was with the sheep. Um, and he saw the bush burning, and he goes to check it out because the bush is on fire, but it's not burning. And all of a sudden, God starts speaking to Moses from the bush. Uh, so he spoke audibly uh, on different occasions. Um, another way that God spoke was he used angels. 
Uh, and I, I've, I've done a podcast on angels before and the different types of angels and, and what they look like and things like that. So I, I'm, I'm not going to uh, get in, into to angels but uh, in this podcast. But my point is to tell you how God uh, revealed himself to people throughout the Old Testament. And one way is he spoke to people directly. Another way is he used angels, and angels. The word angels simply means messengers. And again, using the example of Abraham and Sarah, God sent angels to them to tell them that they're going to have a son. And if you remember, Sarah laughed, and 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 the angels like, why are you laughing? This is this is going to happen. And uh, and and when Isaac was born, Isaac literally means he who laughs. So God got the last laugh on 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 Abraham and Sarah. Um, they uh, God used uh, angels to go into Sodom and Gomorrah and and tell Lot and his wife to get his family out of there. Uh, and, and there's all different kind of occasions. Um, I mean, God uh, used the angel uh, when uh, with Balaam's donkey because uh, the donkey started talking to Balaam, which is weird because. Balaam talked back to the donkey and had the conversation with the donkey and never really acknowledged that he was talking to an angel. Um, and so that's pretty interesting. Um, an another way, a third way that God spoke uh, to people in uh, the Old Testament was, you know, there, there's actually references to Jesus in the Old Testament, even though Jesus didn't come along uh, as the baby in the New Testament. But uh, in Daniel chapter 3, when... Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wouldn't bow down uh, to the statue of Nebuchadnezzar and worship Nebuchadnezzar's idol. Um, he threw them in the fiery furnace, and they're out in the fiery furnace. Instead of burning up, they're walking around, and and Nebuchadnezzar looks in, and he 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 says, "I I threw three in the fire, but there's four up walking around, and they're not burning." And he says, "He even looks like the Son of God." And, and there's no way that Nebuchadnezzar uh, knew that that was Jesus. He didn't know what the Son of God was. But that was that that's that was his reply. And so, was it Jesus walking around in in the fire? Possibly. Was it an angel? Possibly. But there is a reference to the Son of God in Daniel chapter three, made by Nebuchadnezzar. Another way uh, was the, uh, that God spoke to people in the Old Testament was prophets. You had minor prophets and major prophets. Um, their message was the same. You, 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 they were coming into the to the to the Jews because the Jews had become so sinful, so wicked, and and the priests even were wicked. They had Asherah poles in in the in the temple of God. They had pagan worship going on. They were burning incense in God's temple, holy temple, and, and so they were just so wicked. And God would send these prophets in to warn them, you better repent, you better turn from your evil ways, or you know, gloom and doom is coming. Uh, and then we know that, uh, that God allowed the Babylonians to come in and basically wipe the, the Jews off the face of the earth. He kept a little remnant. They got to go back and rebuild. Um, and the land set desolate for 70 years. Um, but God used prophets to speak to his people back then and now the hebrew uh, author says now uh god has literally put on flesh and has dwelt 
among us. And that, that, that is uh, so cool. And, and a lot of people today, you know, they just, they, they try to write off Jesus and they say it, 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 that he never existed. But there's, there, if you just go outside of the Bible and just look at the evidence that's been collected from archaeologists, I mean, even the Muslims uh, believe that Jesus was a prophet. They don't believe that he was the Messiah, but, but even Muslims say that Jesus existed and that he was a prophet. But there's all kinds of confirmation out there. I mean, we tell time by Jesus, by one man. And, and, and so um, there is no doubt that Jesus, God in the flesh, walked this earth and he hung out with people and he did all of these great things and that he died on the cross for you and for me. And he shed his blood that our sins could be forgiven and that God's wrath would be appeased. And, 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 and the Hebrew author says when he finished this, he sat down at the Father's right hand. So let's dive into this thought just a little bit about Jesus uh, um, for, for the remainder of this uh, podcast. Because I want to be clear uh, about Jesus. He, he's always been with God. That's why there, there are references to Jesus in the Old Testament. Jesus has always been right there with God for eternity. And, and see, so that's what trips people up because we, we have a beginning and an end. We were born and, and we die. And then we have a dash you know, on our grave markers and, and, and that little dash represents our lives. But God has always been, and and you can you can Google the apologetics, and I'm not going to get into all that and try to prove the existence of God, because um, that's way too deep for uh, this podcast, and uh, uh, and there's so many good arguments out there. So, but so my, I already believe in God. I believe that He exists, and I and I and I have faith in in God, and I definitely have faith in Jesus. So that's not my uh, point today. But I want to be clear. That Jesus has always been with God for eternity. So has the Holy Spirit, by the way. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, it says, In the beginning, God, and the word God there is Elohim. It's plural, meaning more than one, right? So there, there, there was more than one persons there when creation was made. So in the beginning, God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And listen to this. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So there at creation, the Holy Spirit was there. He's hovering over the surface of the waters. Genesis 1.26. Then God, same word, Elohim. God said, let us, see the plurality there. So we already established it. We got the Father there. We have the Holy Spirit there. And now we're going to see that Jesus was there as well, the triune God, the Trinity, even though the word Trinity is technically not in the Bible. But God is a triune God. There's three beings. Just like you had the egg, you have the shell, uh, the egg white, and the yolk, uh, but it's still just one egg. And that's the easiest way that I can explain God. It's, it's very complex, and you start thinking about it too much, and it can be confusing. Um, but just understand that Jesus has always been with God, and so has the Holy Spirit. Let us make human beings in our image to be like us, plural, see? 
They will reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and the livestock and all the wild animals on the earth and small animals that scurry along the ground. Now, the author of Hebrews also confirms that Jesus was there at creation, as does John in his gospel. In uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, John says, In the beginning, the word, and that's Jesus, the Logos, the word, Jesus, he already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God, right? In the beginning. The Word already existed. Jesus, He already existed. Jesus was with God. The Word, or Jesus, was God. You can you can interchange Jesus for Word uh, because that's that's who the, John's talking about. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him, through Jesus. The Word, or Jesus, gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. And then you have uh, we have the Apostle Paul confirming uh, Jesus being in existence with God from the very beginning, even at creation. In Colossians chapter one, verses fifteen through seventeen, when Paul writes, "Christ is the in, is is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created, and is supreme over all creation. For through him, through Jesus, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth." And he made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. And you can read about that in Daniel. Uh, you can see the, the spiritual war that's going on with the angels in the book of Daniel, uh, that unseen world. Uh, everything was created through him, through Jesus, and for him, for Jesus. He existed, Jesus, Jesus existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. So there's three examples taken right out of, uh, of the, the, the Bible that back up the claim that Jesus, he was more than just a little baby born of a virgin. He was God. He is God. And he's always been with God. And when, when, when everything was created just by speaking a word, which shows the power of God, Jesus was there. He was there, and so was the Holy Spirit. And here's, here's what we need to understand about Jesus. Jesus is and was 100% God. He was God in the flesh. And Jesus was also 100% human. That's why John writes in John 19, when uh, Jesus is hanging on the cross, they pierced him with the side, and the, uh, they pierced his side with a sword, uh, with a spear. And, and John says, outcome blood and water and that's what our bodies are made out of blood and water um i believe our body's like 60 or to 70 percent water and and so uh john is establishing the fact for for these gnostics who were trying to say that jesus wasn't human now he says no this guy was 100 percent human he he ate food he he drank uh uh liquids he used the bathroom, which is kind of weird to think about God using the bathroom. Uh, he he uh, he felt pain. He felt you know agony. He just had all these emotions like we do, and 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 so Jesus was a hundred percent human, but he was also a hundred percent God. I mean, he he knew what people were thinking in their minds, and he would call them out on it. And we talked about that when we covered the book of Luke, how he would call out the Pharisees for what they were just thinking in their mind. So he. Jesus is deity. He is God. 
God in the flesh. And uh, God had, if you will, artificial, artificially impregnated Mary, right? And, and he was, uh, because Joseph had nothing to do with it. Joseph was going to divorce Mary. And, and the angel comes along and says, whoa, 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 slow your road, big fella. This is from God. Everything's fine, right? And so uh, when you read the, uh, the um, genealogy there in Matthew, it talks about how Jesus was born of Mary. And so it, meaning in the Greek that Jesus belonged to Mary, but not Joseph, because God, the Father, was the Father. Uh, it was a mir- miraculous conception. Uh, and so the angel then comes to Mary and, and tells Mary and Joseph what the child's name is going to be. And he says that you're going to call him Jesus. His name will be Jesus. And the angel also said that he would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, John 1.14 says, So the Word became human, and that's Jesus, the Logos. So the Word became human and made his home among us. And this is the New Living Translation. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Now, the King James Version says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the word for dwelt in the Greek is the same Old Testament word that is talking about the tabernacle. Uh, they, the, the people, when they were traveling around for 40 years in the wilderness, uh, they, they had the tabernacle so they could worship God. They could physically see those that 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 tent and, and, and the fence that surrounded it. And they would have to uh, literally build that thing. And, and then when they traveled to a new spot, they would have to tear it down and, and, and erect it again. So they could literally physically see this tabernacle, this building and the fence that went around it. And, and that's what John is saying. He, 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 in the Greek, he is saying, Jesus was here. He was God in the flesh. We could we could literally reach out and touch him like I'm 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 touching this water bottle and go take a drink. He says we could reach out and touch him. God in the flesh was tangible, and, and we hung out with him and, and and we watched him do all these miracles and and and, and we traveled around with him and, and we saw how he just made such an impact in, in people's lives. He said we we ate fish with him. We 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 just. We could reach out and just shake his hand, you know, just whatever. He says we could literally see Jesus, God in the flesh. He was right there before us. He was he was tangible. And then uh, he says uh, the word that he uses for we have seen in the Greek is theomai, is and it's where we get our word theater. Uh, in other words, Jesus was God in the flesh. John says we could see him. He was tangible. We, we could reach out and touch him. We hung out with him. Uh, we watched him eat food. Even after his resurrection, they're sitting there at the campfire, and Jesus has already cooked a whole bunch of fish, and, and, and uh, they're eating fish together. Uh, when he pops up with the disciples, uh, uh, he says, Y'all got anything to eat? And there's some fish. So he eats fish in front of them to prove that he's not a ghost. And, and, and so... Jesus was 100% God, is 100% God, and Jesus was and is 100% human. In verse 3, he says, The Son radiates God's own glory, 
and expresses the very character of God, and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. Jesus was having a conversation with his disciples, and he's telling them that he's, he's going to be betrayed, right? That he's going to die, and that he's going to be raised from the dead and, and ascend back to heaven and be with the Father. They, they really didn't get it until Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit fell. But he would come back for them uh, after he prepares a place for them. And in John 14, 1 through 14, this is the conversation that he has with his disciples. He says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, I would have told you that uh, I would have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. Uh, when everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me where I am, and you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas speaks up and says, "No, we don't, Lord. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way?" Jesus told him, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except." Through me, and if you had already, if you had really known me, you would have known who my Father is. And see that—that—that's what the, the author of Hebrews just said. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And here's Jesus talking to his disciples, and he's saying, "Look, you—you you know where I'm going." And, and Thomas, is like, "No, we don't know where you're going. How—how how can we know the way?" And, and, and Jesus says, "I am the way." And if you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on. You do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. And Jesus replied, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me, just uh, just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I'll tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I'll do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me anything in my name and I will do it. So Jesus is saying to his disciples and to us, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. Uh, people used to tell me, and I never knew my dad because my dad committed suicide when I was three years old, and they, they would say, you're just like your dad. And I'm like, I don't even know my dad. I don't know anything about my dad. Uh, and please don't tell me I'm like my dad because it, it, I, I didn't commit suicide and leave my family. But anyway, that's a whole different issue. But it's weird that I would have tendencies of my, uh, 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 I would have some characteristics that my, my dad had, but I never knew my dad. Like I said, he died when I was three years old. So I, I never got to know him. Uh, but yet people tell me I act like my dad. Uh, and, and when, when I was growing up, I had people tell me that. And, uh, so it didn't really mean anything to me because I didn't know what they were talking about. But Jesus is telling his disciples, he said, if you've seen me, You've seen my father. In other words, I'm God in the flesh. I know what my father desires. I know what his plan is. And my father is working through me to accomplish his will. Jesus, Jesus always uh, contributed his works when he would work miracles. And, and when uh, anytime that he would... Uh, 
cast out demons or raise people from the dead or heal people, whatever. He always said, I, I don't do these works. My father does these works through me. And so he is the image. It's kind of like um, the old typewriters. I mean, I guess it'd be computers too. Like if, if I punched uh, a letter, uh, the letter K or the letter M on my keyboard, then a letter K or the letter uh, M or whatever letter I punch is going to be on the screen. Back in the old days when I was younger, we had the typewriters and you, you press the button and that arm on that typewriter would come up and slap the paper and whatever letter you pressed, that image on that arm would pow, it'd pop the paper and that letter would appear on the paper. And, and that's what Jesus is saying here. I, and that's what the Hebrew author is saying here. Jesus is saying, hey, look, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father because I am the image of my Father. In, in fact, I'm God in the flesh, and, and so therefore, I'm helping you relate to God because this is what God is like. You can see all of the Father's characteristics in me. That's what Jesus is saying. And so, <clears throat> when we look at Jesus, we see the Father. We see God because He was 100% God, and God is so holy. And here's the thing about God. God is so holy, if we were to be in the presence of God as a human, we would die. When Moses was up on the mountain getting uh, the Ten Commandments, he'd come down the mountain to meet the people and talk with the people, and they had to put a veil over his head, over his face, because he was glowing from being in the presence of God for so long. Um, and listen to what God tells Moses in Exodus 33, 19 and 20. Because uh, God, uh, Moses asked to see God's glory. And here's what God tells Moses. He says, The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. For I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. That's why the Bible says no man has seen God at any time. But Moses did see God because it's, listen to what God tells him. He says, the Lord continued, Look, stand near me on this rock, and as my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind. But my face will not be seen. Because he would have died. Moses would have died right there on the spot. So, you know, what a cool moment this would be for Moses to actually get to see God in person. His backside, anyway. Not his face. Not all of his, not his fullness of his glory because Moses would have died. But the point that I want to make, as cool as it is that Moses got to see God, he didn't get to see all of God's glory because he could not stand in the presence of God. He would have died. And so here comes Jesus now, God in the flesh. So now... As I've already established in John 1, I think it's verse 14, that John says, look, we saw Jesus. We reached out and touched him. We we spent three and a half years with this guy. Every day we traveled around with him. We, we could eat and drink with him, and we watched him do all these miracles. And so they got to see God and and and, and live to tell about it. And not only did they get to see him, but they got to hang out with him and do all this cool stuff. God in the flesh and that that's what the hebrew author starts out in in chapter one 
now God has spoken through his son, Jesus. And so as John has established that God has now put on flesh and, and he has been hanging out with them, uh, it, it's, it, we see the Father in Jesus. And, and that comes from Jesus' own mouth, as, as I just shared with you. And it reminds me of, of an old uh, a song that we used to sing growing up. Uh, I believe the guy that wrote it's name is Jim Hill. But it says, What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see and I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. And when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, what a glorious day that will be. And folks, let me just tell you as we end the podcast, one day you and I will see Jesus. And if you have not made him your Lord and Savior, it's going to be a sad day for you because you're still going to bow on your knees before Jesus and you're going to confess with your mouth that he is Lord. And after you make that confession, he's going to say, but I, I never knew you. I never had a relationship with you because you rejected me all that time that you had opportunities to accept me. And he's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. And you'll be cast away for eternity, never having an opportunity to be with God again. And you're going to be in so much torment with your God, little g, the devil. And he's going to make your life a living hell. And it's going to be torture, torture, torture for eternity. And there's no coming back. There's no second chances. So why not bow the knee today? Why not humble yourself and say, I need a Savior. I need my sins washed away. Because I can't, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father but through me. Jesus is the only way to heaven. He shed his blood on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven. He come out of that tomb victorious on the, the, on the third day and was resurrected and he ascended back to the Father and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father and he's making intercession for those who have accepted him as their Lord and Savior. Hey, look, we're not perfect. We still sin. But the difference between me and you who have never accepted Jesus Christ is that I'm, I'm forgiven and you're not. And you can be today if you would accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if you if you want to make that decision and you you, you, you have questions, email me at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com and I will promptly get back with you. No matter where you're at, I will help you find somebody in your area to, to, to tell you about Jesus and what you need to do to be saved today. God bless you. Thank you for listening. We'll finish up Hebrews chapter 1 in the next pod, podcast. Have a great day and keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.